May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. I'm so glad that you're here today. I also want to say welcome to our North Campus. Glad you guys are joining us as well. Uh, before we get into the message today, um, I wanted to give you an update on where we are with our Christmas offering. Uh, after only two weeks of giving, just two weeks, we have collected more than $32,000 on our Christmas offering for this year. So that's a lot of money. Yeah, you can go ahead and applaud for that. I see some of you are about to do that. So um, now... Our goal is $150,000, so we have, uh, we got a ways to go, but we'll be collecting through January 31st, and that offering is going to go help little children through Love 146, um, through World Vision, and at uh, Still Creek Ranch. So if you have not given to that offering yet, seriously, don't miss out on your chance to give to that. Uh, it will help kids who desperately, desperately need it. So this morning we're wrapping up our message series uh, on gifts. When uh, I first went to seminary, literally on my first day of class at seminary, you know, I walk in, and, you know, I'm a, you know, just barely 21 years old and, you know, just graduated from Baylor, which, you know, by the way, shout out to my Baylor Bears back-to-back Big 12 champs. That's right. Snubbed by the playoff committee. I'm not bitter. I'm just in, I'm in counseling, but I'm not bitter. Anyway, so anyway, so I walk into class, expecting to see, you know, like a bunch of young 20-something college grads like me, but like, that's not what I saw. At least a third of this class was people like 35 years old and older, some of them in their 50s, like in grad school. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? And so immediately after that class was over, like one of these older guys was sitting right in front of me, and so as soon as class was over, like I stopped him, and I introduced myself, and I mean, he was a you know, real well-dressed guy, and so he said his name was Damon, and so I was like, so hey, man, so what are, what are you doing here at seminary? And he was like, what, because I'm 44 years old? I'm like, hey, you said it, not me. So, you know, and so then he goes on to explain how... Just four months earlier, he owned a business where he bought and sold diamonds and distributed them to local retailers. Um, and he said, you know, one day I just realized, like, what am I doing with my life? I've got a successful business and I've made a lot of money, but so what? And he said, it was in that moment that God touched my heart, and I knew I wanted to serve him for the rest of my life. And so I sold my business, moved to Fort Worth, and enrolled in seminary. And he said, now it's been tough, but I've never been happier. He said, because I'm living a life worth living. And I've thought a lot about Damon over the years because he wrestled with pretty much what everyone wrestles with at some point. See, there's, there's one key question that everybody asks at some point in their life. You know, some people ask it when they're young, some people ask it when they're old, but everybody gets around to asking this question at some point in their life. And the answer to this question can become a driving force behind some pretty big decisions, just like it was for Damon. Damon. 
And here's the key question. It's your first film in the morning, so go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. Here is the key question. Am I living a life worth living? Am I living a life worth living? You see, Damon, he felt like his job was preventing him from living a life worth living. Now, that may or may not be true for some of us. I'm not saying that everybody needs to quit their job and go enroll in seminary. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But here's the deal. If we don't get this question answered, then we are prime candidates to search for answers in places that provide none. You see, some people, in an effort to answer this question, they they just throw themselves into the work, and they just try to achieve more. Other people just let their life revolve around their kids. Some people, they, they just go buy a bigger TV or a nicer car, or, or they buy a motorcycle, or you know, they move to a more prestigious neighborhood. Some people walk out on their family because they're trying to trade their former life for a new life. Look, bottom line, we have to find answers to, these, to this question because none of those other things actually provide an answer. In fact, I'll just say this. Apart from God, there is no answer that satisfies this question. And our Heavenly Father knows that because He's the one that put that question in our hearts in the first place. And He knows that all of us are going to ask it. And He wants to help us answer that question And to help us to live a life worth living, he's already provided for us three gifts that put us on that right path. So let me tell you what the first gift is. So let's start asking, let's start with this question. What three gifts has God already given me to help me live a life worth living? Well, here's the first. The first one is this. It's the gift of being on the winning side. It's the gift of being on the winning side. Now, In Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, this is where we read the story of the three wise men, the magi that came to visit Jesus on the night that he was born. So in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says this, is after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. Okay, now their question to King Herod, the way it's really phrased in the original language, it, it's, it's the, it says this, it literally says this, it says, where is the one who has been born as the king of the Jews? So somewhere between the word born and king, or somewhere around there, write the word as, because that's what this question literally means. You see, when Herod would have heard this question, like, he would have been in just sheer panic because this usurper that has been born wasn't just someone who had the possibility to become king one day. He was born as the king. You see, Herod had no ancestral claim on the throne. He was actually appointed king by Rome. And so when they say, here's this one who's born as king, Herod would have feared for his power. And if you read history, you'll find that after Jesus was born, Herod had all of the children, two years old and under, killed. 
But Mary and Joseph had already been warned by God to flee to, to Egypt, so Jesus survives. And sure enough, Jesus becomes king. Not king in the sense of being a political king. He has never ruled here on this earth. But he becomes a spiritual king who reigns in the hearts of his followers. And by becoming a spiritual king, his authority extends as far as his followers spread his name. And his authority has endured for centuries, for millennia. Literally, it will endure forever. And his power is so great that no one can oppose him and none can compare to him. No single person has ever changed so much in human history, in art, in literature, in music as this one person, Jesus Christ. And one day, one day, history as we know it will cease. It will stop. And Jesus will take his rightful place at the right hand of God, and his spiritual kingdom will at that point become a literal kingdom. That is who Jesus is. And everyone who has ever been born and everyone who has yet to be born will in that day bow down before him and recognize him as king of kings and lord of lords. And all because he wasn't born with someone as the potential to become king, he was born as the king. That's what the Magi were saying. And furthermore, at that point, everyone who has believed in Jesus Christ while they were here on this earth will be gathered with him and they will live with him in heaven forever and ever. And those who never became Christ followers, who rejected Jesus here on this earth, will be cast away from his presence into a place that the Bible calls hell where they will forever be, uh, ever pay the price for their own sins of their own accord. You see, the message of the Magi is that Jesus wasn't just born with the possibility to become king. He was born as the king. And here's the thing. Not even the Magi understood the full magnitude and scope of it all because they could only think in terms of a political king because that's all they'd ever known. But now, 2,000 years, we see the enormity of what Jesus has become because we have that benefit of hindsight. So you know what that means for you? You know what that means for me? It means that we are on the winning side. It means that we're on the winning side. So you should never be discouraged when it seems like evil's winning. Don't ever be discouraged by that. Because while there might be some temporary victories of evil here in this world, they're just that. They're temporary. Injustice is temporary. Office politics are temporary. Anything unfair is temporary. The big things like crime, rape, murder, greed, racism, all of those things are temporary. And the smaller things like lazy people being promoted, hateful things posted on social media, being snubbed by people that you thought were your friends, look, all of that stuff is temporary. And the only reason that God even allows evil to continue is to give more people more opportunities and more time to choose him. But make no mistake, there is coming a day when evil will be vanquished. One day the devil and all of his demons will be thrown into a lake of fire that will never go out. So when evil seems to gain the upper hand, it's just temporary. 
when good guys seem to finish last and bad guys seem to finish first, it's just temporary. When the world seems to be getting worse and not better, it's just temporary. Because if you're a Christ follower, you are on the winning side. Why? It's all because when this little baby was born, he wasn't born with just the potential to become king. He was born as the king. That is the message of the Magi. Now, that also means that you need to make sure that you are on the winning side. You need to make sure that you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and pledge your life to following him. If you have never done that, please do not leave this place today without asking Jesus Christ to forgive you and then pledge your life to following him. That's what it means to become a Christ follower. And if you've never done that, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes on the back. I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer when we get to the end of the message today. But let's look at the second gift that God's given us. Second gift that God's given us is this. It's the gift of supernatural guidance. It's the gift of supernatural guidance. Look at what it says in verse 9 of chapter 2. It says, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Let me ask this. Have you ever thought about like, what that star was that guided the Magi on their journey? If you do any kind of research, you'll find all sorts of explanations of what that star could have been. Some people you know, think it was a comet. Other people think it was a supernova. Some people think that it was a, a planet because they're brighter in the sky and they tend to move. Other people think that it was an angel. Some people think that it was a star that God actually physically just moved around in the sky to guide the Magi. But look, it doesn't really even matter what you believe the star was. The point of it is that God was supernaturally guiding the Magi. He was supernaturally guiding them. And our Heavenly Father gives that same gift and opportunity to you. He will supernaturally guide you through difficult times. He'll guide you through decisions, through new phases in life, through family struggles and personal challenges and professional challenges. And look, through it all, you'll grow closer to him. See, here's the thing. Just like the Magi, you've got to be willing to look to God for every step that you take. Do you only turn to God when you're just lost and you just have no idea what else to do? Do you only turn to God when you are so desperate because you have nowhere else to turn? Or do you turn to God with the small things as well as the big things? You see, the Magi looked to God for supernatural guidance every single day. No, they didn't just you know, say, oh look, hey, the star's heading that direction, well let's just plunge off of that way and we'll look at the sky in about a month, make sure we ain't gotten off track. No, they didn't do that. They looked at the star every single day to make sure that they never got off track. And that's what you need to do too. Look to God every single day for supernatural guidance in big things and in small things to make sure that you never get off track. And the way you do that, one, one key way you do that is by reading the Bible. Because God speaks to us through the Bible. He's given it to us to help guide us through life. And if you will read it, you will find that God will guide you in big things 
and in the small things. And as you follow God's leading, you'll find that just like the Magi, you will grow closer and closer and closer to Christ. It's part of what God's given you as an opportunity to follow him. Okay, let's wrap it up with number three. Here's the third gift. It's the gift of someone worthy to follow. God's given us the gift of someone worthy to follow. Now, before we read this, let me fill in a little gap here because we've skipped a few verses of this chapter. Uh, King Herod had told the Magi to go find the child and come back and report to him and tell him where the child was because Herod said, hey, I want to go worship this child too, which that was a total lie. Herod had no intention of worshiping this child. He wanted to kill Jesus. So the Magi were warned in a dream by an angel to go home a different way and not go tell Herod anything at all. So let's pick it up in verse 11. It says, on coming to the house, that's where Jesus was, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So they went back to their country another way. Which, by the way, where was that country? Well, we don't know for sure where they came from. It, it could have been several places. It could have been, they could have been from Persia, which is modern-day Iran. Could have been from India, or it could have been from as far away as China. But regardless of where it was, to get to Jesus by following the star, they made somewhere between an 800 and 4,000-mile journey one way on foot to find Jesus. So this isn't just like some sort of a weekend getaway to follow a star. I mean, this is a long, protracted journey that these guys found themselves on. And so here's the thing. When they got back to their families after they returned home, how do you think that conversation went? You think their wives were like, you're home? It's been like uh, over a year, almost two years. You're here. How'd it go? Did you find the child? What happened? Tell me all about it. Come on, come on, tell me, tell me, tell me. I mean, so do you think the Magi were like, yeah, you know, I'll be honest, it's kind of a letdown. Like, we just showed up, and like, it was just this kid. And, and like, the mom and dad, like, they were just common people. We thought they'd be royalty. So I'll be honest with you, we just left the gifts because we didn't want to lug, lug all that stuff home. No! It didn't go anything like that. Nothing like that. I'm sure the conversation went something like this. They're like, you are not going to believe what happened. I mean, this star, it moved. It guided us every single day without fail. And it, it, it finally got us to this little town called Bethlehem. Never heard of it before. But the, like, these shepherds got there before we did. Holy cow, you should hear what they saw. But when we finally showed up, like these people that we met, like it was weird because they were common folk. We were expecting them to be royalty, but I'm telling you, there was something about these two people. It was just magnetic, and it just could hardly explain it. And then they told us about how she had become pregnant, even though that she was a virgin. I mean, it was this unbelievable story, but these two people are amazing. And then... And then we saw him. 
the child. And as we looked at that child in that manger, I'm telling you, I can't explain it, but standing there in his presence, we knew that this child was more than just a mere king. There was something incredible about this child. Their mom and dad told us that they believed that this was the son of God. And I'll be honest with you, after being there and seeing it for myself, I'm tempted to believe it's true. And so we bow down and we worship this child. We sang songs to him. We gave him these incredibly expensive gifts that we brought. In fact, my only regret is that we didn't bring more. And so was this trip worth it? Oh my, yes it was. In fact, I would do it all again because it was worth every step. We don't have any historical account of exactly how those conversations went, but I think it's on pretty safe ground that after these guys have been warned in a dream by an angel, after being guided by a star across hundreds, maybe even thousands of miles, bowing down to worship him and leaving incredibly expensive gifts, that these wise men believed that Jesus was not just a regular, ordinary king, but he was someone worth being followed with their lives. Because that's pretty much what they had done. They had followed, put their whole life on hold to follow Jesus, to get where he was. See, that's God's other gift to us, is that Jesus is worth being followed. He's worth being sacrificed for, that whatever it takes to follow Jesus, he's worth every inconvenience, he's worth every difficult experience, he's worth every difficult choice, he's worth everything you might have to give up, he's worth everything that you might have to give, he's worth getting up early for, he's worth staying up late for, he's worth volunteering for, he's worth doing whatever it is that he asks you to do with your life. But he's worthy of all that because He is worthy because he laid down his life for you. He's worthy because he holds the power of healing in his hands. He's worthy because he is so incredibly loving and he's so incredibly kind. He's worthy because he is the only true son of God who will one day return to this earth to gather his followers to himself. He is worthy to be followed. And one day he will return to judge the living and the dead. He is God's greatest gift to you, and he is worth you following him with, his in, with your entire life. And he is worth more than, and, and more amazing than any other person you will ever encounter for your entire life. You see, that's why my friend Damon gave up everything to follow Jesus. And he would say he actually didn't give up anything. He'd say he gained even more. Because Jesus was worth following with his life. So if you would be willing to openly confess this truth, would you be willing to openly confess this truth, that Jesus is worth following with your entire life? If you would agree with that, then I want you to find your connection card and let's take some next steps together. Perhaps it's this first next step. I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. Look, if you have never prayed that prayer, seriously, do not leave today without praying it. It's at the bottom of your message notes, right underneath these next steps. Give your life to following Christ. 
Next, I will not lose heart when evil seems to be winning because I know who wins in the end. Would that be your posture and attitude and approach to life? Would you do that? Next, I commit to pray for guidance from God on small things as well as big things. Would you do that? Be huge. Next, I commit to try to seek God daily and not just occasionally. Well, that'd be a big next step. Would you take it? Or this last one. I openly confess this truth. Because Jesus Christ is worth following, I will do whatever he asks me to do with my life. Would that be you? Would you make that open confession with your life? I'm going to give you a chance to pray silently for a few moments and respond to God. And if you're ready to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower, this is your chance to do it. So right now, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes, and let's take these next moments and let's pray silently to God. Father, I want to say thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for how the Magi so clearly illustrate all that you have given to us to help us to live a life worthy of living. And I pray for everybody in this room that has already become a Christ follower, that you would help us follow your son Jesus with all of our hearts. And for those that prayed that prayer today to become Christ followers, I ask that you would help them to follow you with all of their heart. And for those that have yet to pray that prayer to become Christ followers, Lord, I ask that you would reveal to yourself them even more so that one day when they're looking for a way to make their life worth living, that they would look no farther than to you. And that you would bring all of us back on Christmas Eve to celebrate the great name of your son, Jesus Christ. We ask you to do all of this in his name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.